The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Sheila Zielinski Show for this July 6th, 2016 edition. Normally, I broadcast Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on WINB, but... I am currently doing a fundraiser right now to try to raise some funds to catch up on many bills. However, I had this guest booked months ago, and I felt this is really timely considering some of the emails I've been getting. This couldn't be more timely. He's a very busy boy, and I was able to get him on the program to cover a topic. It's ironic that I wanted to cover this months ago, but... What better time to do it while I'm on my fundraiser? Because ironically, some of the emails that I've been getting lately really ties into this topic that I've wanted to cover. Carla Butad and I did a show on poverty and lack, but God has been showing me lately that there's something deeper going on. And here to weigh in on this topic of what could be blocking people's finances is the general himself. He is one of the big boys of deliverance. I'll tell you what, he is a powerhouse. The general Ivory Hopkins joins me today. He's been on in the past, but it's been a long time and it is such a pleasure to have him back on the program. Ivory Hopkins, welcome, sir. It is a pleasure. It is an honor to be on today and looking so forward to being with you. It'll be a a blessing to share the word of the Lord with you. And I'm looking forward to God releasing a word and even closing up with a good prayer, a breakthrough. I'm just excited this morning. Amen. I am so looking forward to this, too, because, Ivory, this is a topic that no one ever wants to touch with a 10-foot pole because of the fact that this topic has been so muddled and misconstrued, and it's the topic on finances. And why is it that it seems like God's people are so lacking in the area of finances? They need a breakthrough in their finances. And why do I know that is because I would say half of the emails that I get, and this has become very clear to me on this fundraiser that I'm doing right now, so many of this theme Sheila, I would love to sow into your ministry, but we're broke. We just don't have a dime to spare. One lady said, I've literally got $10 left until the end of the month. And this ivory is a common theme that I am seeing with God's people. There's something very wrong with this picture because it seems like the hucksters are raking in the boatload of lucre. It's like the worse the doctrine, the more the money that comes in. And that, to me, is quite frightening. Well, what's amazing to me is it seems like the charlatans, the foxes, the wolves that are out there seem to consume every resource. And I find it very demonic where they consume every resource that should be actually put in the real body of Christ for the real help of the people of God. And anyone that's listening to us today, we're not talking about fatting us up a bank account so we can ride around in four Mercedes and have about four or five homes and a couple of jets and all of that. We're talking about just sustainable ministry money that helps us help others. And I found that the charlatans and the wolves, the spirit that's on them, seem to consume, drain, and break the body of Christ. One factor, Sheila, is the enemy uses them to break the body of Christ. 
Next thing you the enemy uses them, it, the enemy uses them to consume the resources and cause the people when they do wake up to shut down on anybody that's real. By the time they get to you and I, I don't know whether they say it to you like I get a lot. They call, I need deliverance, I need help, I need ministry, amen, and that's what I'm here for. But most of them tell me, even churches that I've ministered into, different places I go do seminars. I had one church tell me in the Carolinas, well, the false prophet came in and took all the money, and our people need a breakthrough, and they need a release in finances. And I'm going in almost off of my own resources, hardly enough finances to get the work done, to get there to them. But the enemy has already came in and raped the sheep. Amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. And another thing that, of course, I find is people have no problem eating the meat of our work, and yet they don't sow into our ministries, or they can't afford to sow into the ministries. That's really the thing that I've been taking to the Lord, Ivory, to see what in the world is going on with some of these overtones, one being Why are true apostolic ministries that include deliverance struggling? That's an issue. Why are, for the most part, God's people broke? And thirdly, why are people not sowing into the ministries where they're receiving blessings, where they're getting set free, where they're getting spiritually fed, for the most part? And one of the things that, as I was pressing into God to say, God, what is wrong with this picture? And God began to show me something. And thank you so much to Sister Jerry McGee from Tyler, Texas, who's been in deliverance ministry for 30 plus years. I really believe that God used Sister Jerry McGee to show me some of this information for this very important teaching. God does want to bless us, but his promises are also conditional. We have to make ourselves blessable and we have to repent for the things that can open a door to block our blessing as well. So today on the program, Ivy, we're entitling it Top Reasons for Financial Problems. And you know, what tops that list, surprisingly, is a very distinct commandment that we find there in Exodus 20:12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. There is a correlation between our parents how we treat our parents. And I'm not even talking about stuff that we may have let come in as children, bitterness, resentments, things we've said, attitudes that we've held against our parents. And we may not even be aware of this, but that may certainly be blocking our blessings. Our finances have a direct correlation with how we honor our parents. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, when you talk about like that dishonoring the mother and father, you are talking about something generationally being affected. I had a person say to me one time, do I believe that you can pay money to break a curse? Well, no, not pay money to break a curse. But if the heart and soul, see, the Bible declares in the book of Exodus, chapter 35, verse 5, Moses was talking about taking up an offering for the work of the Lord and for the ministry of what God was doing. Now, face it, right now, we're not building tabernacle and tents. We are the temple and tabernacle of God. But what we're building now, the resources we need now, unlike Moses, but at the same time, under the same principle is, we need the finances for the resources to get the work and vision of the Lord out to the people 
who are coming in asking for it. And what it says here was, take ye from among you of an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. I believe that what is cursing people's finances, uh, along with what you're saying about not honoring their fathers and mothers, not honoring those that cover them, I believe what is cursing them is the heart issues. To want to just take withdrawals without making a deposit on that which is helping you. I have a hard time wrapping my head around folks not understanding. You don't even have to have a abundance of amount. That lady that had that widow's mite, she sold the widow's mite and it caught Jesus's eye. Yes. Isn't that amazing? The willing thing that she did, Sheila, in her giving, it was small, but it had a powerful reaction in the spirit. When you talk about messages like this in the general body of Christ, especially um, ministries like ourselves, here we are, ministries that are set up by God, we're doing a great work. We're touching lives that sometimes the basic church doesn't touch. I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best not to go off <laughs> at some of the calls that I get. I mean, one person told me they are, they go to a mega ministry but can't get a bit of ministry. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, wow. They're, they're, they attend a mega ministry but cannot get a little bit of ministry there. Then they called our uh, to us to minister, to pray with them, or to make a deposit in their life with what God has put in us. And it's like nothing hits them to understand, guess what? If this is helping you, then seed in it so it can help not only you, but help others. And then sometimes other ministries themselves, we that are doing the work sometimes say things to cut our own throat. I hear such stuff as, I, I get this a lot. Jesus ministered, and you never heard Jesus taking up any any type of offering and that type of thing. That is absolutely not true. According to the book of Luke, chapter 8, 1 through 3. Can I read this, sis? Sheila, this is good stuff right here. Watch this. Luke, chapter 8, 1 through 3. It came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Now, I like this now. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Now, watch this. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, here is Stuart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. And this word ministering unto him of their substance means they ministered to Jesus and those that were there out of their goods. King James puts it like that. The word substance is that which one has, things which one possesses. Something has happened to the body of Christ and to people many times that they have, they have lost the value of blessing someone who is serving and sacrificing and helping them reach God, minister unto the Lord, and I'm talking about valid, good ministry. Do you know what? In the Old Testament, King Saul was looking for an ass that was lost. And it was a funny thing he said, and you'll find this here in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. They said there is a prophet. Now, I'm not, we're not talking about pay me for a prophecy. That's crazy. I'm not talking about pay me for deliverance, pay me for praying for you. I'm saying we are valid ministries. In order for us to function and do the work that we're doing, and I know someone can get real deep. Someone listen, let me hear what I'm saying. Hear our hearts. You can get real deep and say, well, if God called the ministry, God will supply. You know what? I totally agree with you. <laughs> he will supply 
with the body and believers listening to the principles of giving, sowing, and seeding that which is valid. We need to deposit our resources into that which is valid. I even believe that the harvest of anything comes back when the ground is worth sowing on. In this deliverance ministry that Jesus did, and I'm glad that I read whom he cast out seven devils. Here we have Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, delivering people, delivering one woman who had seven devils, Mary Magdalene, and the others, they ministered to him of their resources. No, they didn't pay. Well, two demons are out. Give me this much. Three demons are out. Give me that. No. From a willing heart, they recognized that this ministry was valid. And in order to keep it so it can function in the earth, so it can reach other lives, it takes resources. Getting back to that prophet. Here goes what it said in 1 Samuel 9, 6 and 7. And he said unto him, Behold, now there is in this city a man of God, and he is, number one, honorable. So who should we sow seed into ministries? Honorable people, not flim flams, not hustlers, not, pardon my English, Sheila, not spiritual pimps, but honorable people who are doing the work of the Lord, who are touching lives, whose ministries, whose broadcasts, whose books, whose writing is changing lives and affecting yours. I think, number one, we should come to get the help we need. And then number two, let that which we need be deposited in someone else's life. So these guys found some, uh, had a prophet that was honorable, a man of God that was honorable. All that he said come short of the past. Now let us go thither and peradventure he will show us the way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, and here goes the point. Listen at the willing heart of Saul, verse 7. Then said Saul to his servant, but behold, if we go, what shall we bring to the man of God? Did you get that? If we dial that line, if we pursue, if we say, you know what? I heard there's a grace on their life. I heard that there's an ability to help on their life. I heard that they, that, that broadcast has kept me through many storms. What would I do to keep that same place going? How in the world would you receive ministry from a place, receive life and strength from a place? And I know it all comes through Jesus. Don't shoot me your emails on this one here. I got it. I understand that every good and perfect gift comes from above. But the enemy has tricked the body of Christ. And not only has he robbed us, like Sheila said in the beginning, stolen money from us so we can't give. But in some of our lives, he's got us defending the lack of sowing. Did you hear what I just said? The enemy has some people defending the lack of sowing to someone who touches your life. And Saul said it like this. Then says Saul to his servant, verse 7, 1 Samuel 9, 7. Behold, if we go, what shall we bring to the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? Now he, in his thinking, in the dynamics of their thinking, was an attitude that if this is ministering to my life. If this ministry is touching and helping us, then what can I do to bless that ministry? Even your dog is saying amen there. I Hallelujah. <laughs> dog. Uh. But, but seriously, sister, that, that thing really, it was a mindset that they had. They had a mindset to bless ministry so that ministry could minister. And somehow along the line, if the enemy isn't, attacking people so they cannot, which you're going to help them anyway. You're going to do that anyway. But the resources that come in gives you the ability 
to touch lives, to drive further, to let this gospel be heard and through the whole kingdom of the earth. And God knows if you're doing deliverance, kingdom work, my lines, my phone stays loaded yeah. every single week with people needing severe deliverance from crazy devils. Well, that's just it. And I think what it comes down to is the fact that we've been so acclimated to these telepickpocketists, these mm-hmm. televan jellyfish, as I call them. Come on. They're, they're like you said, they're unscrupulous charlatans. But there's two things going on here, I believe. One is attitudes and mindsets about giving and receiving. But I also believe there's something else here causing people to have financial problems. And I'm going to actually go through a list of things that could be causing financial problems in your life, a block to your finances. One of them is mindset of poverty. I had this lady say to me, you're giving your new book away, right? And I said, no, we're not giving it away free. It costs us a lot of money to put this together. And she responded by saying, well, freely we give, freely we receive. So Come on. I thought, well, you know, tell that to my publisher. I most definitely do agree that it's a poverty mindset. I, I had a case one time come to me. The pastor brought her sister. She said to me, her finances are locked up. They seem to be cursed, such and such was the case. So I sat down with her. We have prayer. We go through every renunciation that we can think of trying to get this. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says to me, her right hand. She gave the enemy's authority in her right hand. I turned around and I said to her, I said, I said, ma'am, this doesn't make sense to me. I said, but I want to see if God is speaking. I said, there's something about that you did with your right hand that has to do with this bondage. And she turned around and looked at me real sheepishly. And she said, well, pastor, when I paid the palmist and gave her the money, she took the money. She told me I could not give it to her with my left hand. I had to give the money to the palmist, to the psychic, with my right hand. Sheila, when I began to get her to repent of going to the occult, going to witchcraft, instead of going to God, all of a sudden, the demons in her began to manifest. Her hands started shaking real real crazy-like. She started uh, going through deep manifestations. The power of God broke that yoke. The power of God set her free and what have you. And I was glad and I was excited. And at the end, she thanked me, she hugged me, and went her way. And the amazing thing that I thought to myself, you wouldn't even give the church $5, but you just gave over to a witchcraft person $400. Right. You know, we don't have any problem buying magazines or cigarettes or the alcohol or buying directly from the devil, really. A lot of this devilish stuff, we have no problem with that. And you were talking about witchcraft there. We saw this incredible craze that everybody was into back in around 2008. Oprah had that lady on her show. And there was this book called The Secret everybody was into. Mm -hmm. And it rocked the world. And it was so new age. And yet a lot of God's people were getting that book and doing these new age incantations is basically Mm -hmm. what it is. And God showed me that a lot of God's people have been involved in forms of witchcraft, and they don't even know about it. We bring in curses through doors we open to stop up our finances. And it can be as subtle as things that we've been involved in. 
Right. And he, um, you know, you know, I would love to hear I, I, you elaborate a little bit more and we can probably work together on it uh, a little bit more on some of the avenues. And the Lord showed you some of the avenues that affect finances. One thing. But I, I do know this uh, years ago when I first got saved, one scripture that stuck out to me strong when I read it. Wealth gotten by deceit shall diminish. Mm, yes. And, and now I came from, Sheila, you may not have known my testimony, but I was a former drug dealer back in the day. And when I gave my life to the Lord, one of my concerns was, naturally speaking, I'm talking about as, as being a babe in Christ, I knew that if I stopped selling dope, my financial resources would be so-called cut off. Well, guess what? I gave my life to Christ and the Lord has supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory that I wouldn't go back that direction for nothing. Uh, I've got more peace. I've got more liberty. I've got more freedom. But check this out. I made lots of money selling dope, but it diminished. It diminished because wow. the wealth was tampered with a curse that had to do with getting money in an ungodly, unholy manner. And a lot of people don't understand that can affect a person's resources. Absolutely. And what does Proverbs fifteen six say? In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. Proverbs eleven eighteen says basically the same thing. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. So ill-gotten gains, obtaining wealth by fraud, you know, even charging up a bunch of credit cards. Debts are a huge block. Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is servant to the lender. What do we see in Romans? What does Romans 13, 8 say? Oh, no man, anything. If you have any outstanding debt, it's really important to pay that back. I don't care if it's a dollar a week. And I don't care if it's from 10 years ago. But the other area where God showed me was in this term wicked. Even if we don't forgive, that's deemed as wicked. Jesus yes. said to Peter, the guy that wouldn't dismiss the debt, you wicked, wicked slave, I forgave you that debt, you know, so that's a part of it. But one of the things God showed me too was making vows. God says, let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. Absolutely. Exactly. Think of how many of us <laughs> say, I swear I'm not going to do that. I swear I'm going to do this. And that ties back into judging our parents. I'm never going to do what my parents did. So very fascinating, isn't it? Well, I, I could, it, it makes sense to me because you see, there is a, uh, I call it the universal blessing of obedience. And that's a term I've coined myself, a universal blessing of obedience. And when God said, honor thy father and thy mother, that there may be, days may be long upon the earth. There's a blessing to that. The respect, there's a blessing to that. And many people today are basically taught not to connect not to forgive, not to release things, and not understanding that will affect every area of life where you're trying to live, whether it's success, a job, all of that is affected in those dynamics. Let me interject something here, Sheila, because this is a perfect time to interject this. Several times down through the years in praying for finances, coming against poverty, coming against open gates and doors, dealing with finances, here goes what I've ran into. Now, watch this. There was an incident where uh, a lady comes up for prayer. I'm going to starting to pray for her, and she begins to tell me how her finances are all bound up, trying to get a home, can't seem to get a home, can't seem to hold an apartment, and all, she goes through the whole deal. The Holy Spirit says to me, have her to repent about the way that she left late at night more than one time, leaving an apartment with the rent not paid, the electric not paid, and just walked away from it. 
Now, I was like, what? So anyway, I whisper in her ear. I said, I, I said, I'm going to whisper something in your ear, sis, for us to pray. I don't want to say it loud across this microphone. I said, I want to pray for you and I get you to repent. If this has happened, I said, now we're going to see if it's God. I said to repent. If you have, if you have to sister, if you had problems where you have left apartments, left owing to people, never paid them, and went right along, found another one, considered yourself blessed by God, hallelujah. I said, do you know, sis, that even if that landlord was a sinner, when you did that, it causes the enemy to have a gateway into your finances. Mm-hmm. And she, her eyes got bigger 50 cent pieces. She said, Brother Hopkins, I did do that. I said, now, look, sis, all I'm trying to get you to do, amen, is get the thing right before God. Call it what God calls it. And, and, and Sheila, when she did that, the Spirit of God broke that thing on her. And the, the cycle of being unable to get an apartment and hold her own home, it broke. I'll share another one with you. In the book of Kings, there was a certain prophet, and he was a good prophet of God, but he owed the debtors. And when he died... When he died, the debtors came and took his sons into prison. The father owed the finances. The father, the prophet, was the one who messed up the finances, but his son became bond servants because of it. Now, watch this. We were in Delaware doing another conference and was praying. The lady comes up again, wants prayer over her business. She says, I've got a business. You know, it seems like we keep having trouble. I can't seem to keep things going. Folks won't pay me. Yada, yada is the case. So I turned around, I say to her, I said, look, I said, let's ask the father if there's anything generationally. And when I said the word generationally, that word hardly got out of my mouth when I said, your father. And I, and once again, discreetly, and I didn't know the lady sitting beside her was her sister. I said, sis, I said, what kind of business was it that your father had? I said, was it construction? Did he build stuff? She said, my father owned a construction business. I said, did your father, when you were younger, did your family go through a hardship where your father, they had to legally come after your father for leaving jobs unfinished where he would not complete the contract? And she said, yes. And her sister jumped up and said, that's true, sis. And you know, we, I remember when daddy did that. I remember how hard we had it. I sat with the two sisters and began to let the enemy know that he has no right. It's a Lamentation 5-7. Our fathers have sinned or not. We have borne their iniquities. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we got them to repent of the sins of the fathers. Repent of the stronghold that was open in their generation. And guess what? It broke it off of the businesses. Don't you love these people, though, Ivory, that say, well... I can't have a curse because it's under the blood. Well, <laughs> God gave Carla and I this sort of, we had two forms of this vision. Folks, for you out there that are listening and say, well, no, I can't have a generational curse. Let me tell you something right now. It's like this picture. You walk into your kitchen. You have a fire extinguisher on your wall. Your stove is caught on fire. It's burning your house down. And you say, it's okay. I have a fire extinguisher. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't appropriate that extinguisher, come on now, your house is going to burn down. You have to appropriate what Jesus did at the cross. Mm-hmm. You can have generational curses. And why do you think your doctor hands you a clipboard and tells you to fill it out that they want to know what's in your generational background? Does your mom have heart attacks and strokes? Why do you think even doctors know that? <laughs> I hear this, you know, you got me laughing here because I hear this from solid ministers, so-called, they get this deeper revelation. 
And they said, well, there are no curses. There are no generational curses. And I think to myself, oh, really? <laughs> then why are we still aging? Right now, I guess we should be in this uh, uncorruptible body made like under his right now. It's just ridiculous. I mean, from Genesis chapter 3, when Eve fell, when the serpent beguiled Eve, when the whole earth began to be cursed from the ground up, it's still operating. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we apply it. But guess what? The application only works when it's applied. Once again, stuff the enemy does to keep people cursed. We get so spiritually prideful that we ain't got no generational curse. Therefore, the demons go, great. They'll never use the blood to break it. <laughs> Isn't that subtle for the devil to convince people that people can have a curse? Well, here's another thing God showed me. So the Bible contrasts, of course, we know this over and over about the fool, foolishness causing poverty. Do you know wearying yourself to gain wealth is idolatry? Things Amen. above, not on the things of the earth. Drinking, gluttony, addictions, of course, are tied together, I believe, to poverty. You know, smoking, drinking. I mean, that is a form of, I mean, coming out of a 10-year therapy practice as a psychologist. Of course, mm -hmm. I got delivered from all that, thank goodness. But I'll tell you what, one of the biggest things I had when I dealt with individuals and couples was addictions. It's so mm -hmm. huge. It's people have a really tough time quitting smoking. I get that. And it really puts people in bondage. But I'll tell you what, a sluggard is another thing. You know, it says in the word, your poverty will come. Proverbs says, do not love sleep, not putting mm -hmm. your hand to the plowshare, but he who follows empty pursuits, it said, will have poverty of plenty. Ask God daily, Lord, what is on your agenda? What do you want, Lord? And there's a scripture too, and this is important, not being gracious to the poor. The church yeah. is easy, but Amen. the poor, that word poor there is talking about people that are seeking God with all their heart, but for some reason, they're lacking money. And if you don't work, hey, men out there, if you're not working, working neither should you eat. That's what the word says. It's, the word says you shouldn't eat. And you're not even going to have authority over your own home. People that are homeless, not all the time, but sometimes are just too lazy to work. So you've got people to line your life up with the word of God, don't you? Amen. And that's and that's the way that many blessings of God to reciprocate in your life is how what kind of lifestyle you're living, what kind of doors that you're opening. You know, I, I have met people that um, and I'll never forget this one fellow that came to us. He was talking about tithing and he was talking about and, and the way that he would talk about it. You know, he said, well, I give this and I get this much percentage back. And he was talking. So it was almost sounding like what the word says about sowing 30, 60, 100 fold. And then I had the ultimate question to ask him. I said, before you were born again, were you a gambler? He said, yes. I said, and guess what? You're actually, you're not really tithing, sir. You're still gambling. And when I narrowed him down to see what he was doing, it was not out of a willing heart. It was not, it was out of playing the odds, playing the percentage. People of God, when the scripture talks about whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. Yes, there is a law and principle of reaping and sowing and seed and harvest. I believe that. I have no problem with that. But when it is fueled by fleshly lust and greed, when you hold back, when God is saying release, Sheila, what I fear in many people's lives, hear my heart, sister, I fear 
people benefiting from God's people receiving healings and blessings and breakthroughs and refusing to bless them, to, to honor that gift, to honor the grace, the blessing that God did. Because when you do it, it's not talking about honoring me so I can buy me a big house and sit back on a jet and, you know what I mean, waiting for my airplane to take me out so I can come out of what I'll Lord Jesus, if I had half that stuff, I'd turn it in and do something with the money. Yeah, no, with the money. But people of God, you have to be very careful of benefiting and using a grace that God has on someone's life and not reciprocating. Are you doing the same thing you did in the world? Are you doing the same thing? See, right here, we are touching subjects today that I find that I almost feel like for the church, we should not even have to do that. I've heard everything where in, here goes what some of the craziness I've heard, sis, and, and I'll back up the way that you get back with where you're going. But I've heard people, you know, we laid the money at the apostles' feet. That was laid at the apostles' feet for the distribution of the saints, plain and simple. That was for the work of the ministry. Beyond that, the apostle Paul talked about how finances were raised for the furtherance of the gospel. Finances were made for the necessity of the gospel. I told one brother that I was talking to some time ago, I said, brother, I said, just as soon as Southwest stops charging air flight and, and the electric company yeah. and the hotel room conference rooms stops charging me, buddy, you rest assured, I'll quit taking up an offering. I'll say hallelujah, we don't have to take up an offering because they're giving it all to us. Well, you know what that is? That That's a poverty mindset right there. That's religious spirits. All ministers should be eking their way through life on barely get by Avenue. No. But meanwhile, if you're not one of these debauched devils in Hollywood or Helliweird, as I call it, no one bats an eye if they make 30 million a movie. But our men and women of God have to live like beggars. What is wrong with that picture? Do I think it's right to have 12 cars and four mansions? No, I don't think that's okay. But there's a difference between complete lasciviousness and a modest living. God is not a bellhop, nor is he a skybound wish-granting genie bestowing cash and cars on his followers. Can he do that? Yes, he can. But come on, it's common sense. And a lot of these prosperity preachers tell their supporters, hey, so... For the expectation of getting back a hundredfold. The focus is all about what you get back. Well, if that's these guys' rule that it's a hundredfold when you give, why aren't they given to us, really? Thank you. Thank you. Why why aren't that, that blessing that they're talking about that's supposed to multiply so greatly? How come it's always just towards themselves? <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that we are to honor the Lord with our wealth. You know, look at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 there. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. There are various ways that we can honor the Lord. We can honor the Lord by living a pure life, a holy life, worshiping him, proclaiming his truth. But I really do think, Ivory, that one really significant and important way to honor the Lord is with our wealth. By giving him the first of all that he makes available to us, it's all his, really. It's all his. He gives us financial and material provision, but we always should take the Lord's portion out first. That's what I believe, giving it back to him. That's to honor the Lord with our wealth. 
And I think we either honor the Lord with our wealth or we dishonor him. I don't think there's middle ground here. If we're stingy, if we withhold the Lord's portion, if we don't give when the Holy Spirit prompts us to give, then I think we're dishonoring the Lord. And God says, those that honor me, I will honor. And I think there's another area that he really honors. And I think it's a very missed scripture. Proverbs 19.7. Listen to this carefully. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. You're lending to the Lord when you give to the poor. If you help the poor, you're literally lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Whosoever lendeth unto the, giveth unto the poor lends unto the Lord. And that's, that. that's, that's what I call harvest time. Sheila, some time ago, I ministered uh, in one, I think it was Chicago, and one of the sisters in Chicago said, I work for a rape crisis center. I said, okay. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit just dealt with me to take a number of my books. I wrote a book on deliverance from rape and incest, uh, breaking the chains of rape and incest. And I deposited, I mean, you know, it cost us, but that's what some of the monies that come in do. They help us to have the ability to release books in areas where the where our physical bodies can't go. And we sent to that clinic, counseling place, our books on deliverance from rape and incest. They already had the counseling part as far as in the natural. I mean, like you said, you've been trained in this. You understand where they're going. But when they were able to get that deliverance book in there, oh, my God. And we were able to do it because, A, people that sold to us gave us the ability to pay the publisher. Why do we explain this type of thing? It's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. It is a <laughs> no-brainer. But because of that deposit, guess what? We started getting testimonies. We've done the same thing in male prisons. Told you about, I come from being a former drug dealer and God saved me. Been saved for over 40 years. I got a book on the spirit of addiction, crack cocaine. And that's a small booklet. And we have sent a mess of them into the prison. How were we able to do it? Bingo! By the small donations, the any size donations of those who sold. People, when you come to people like Sheila and myself that is depositing truth. I mean, Sheila, I've listened to your, your broadcast, and I'm going to tell you, girlfriend, you be challenging the beast. Yeah. I mean, looking at this crazy, new age, jacked up system that we got. And, girl, you be laying out some heavy stuff. People of God, come on now. That needs to be supported. Well, and when you do support ministries, I think 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 there says something very important. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver." And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things. Your sufficiency is tied into whether you sow sparingly or bountifully there. And I think one other really important thing is when we look back generationally, Proverbs thirteen twenty two says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. That is a very important one because we can receive a wicked inheritance. There's a lot of wicked inheritance that comes down on us generationally. 
we don't know all the stuff that's happened in our lineage how many generations back, especially if you're going all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's a lot of physical and spiritual harlotry. And speaking of physical and spiritual harlotry, we also got to be careful who we keep company with. We have no business hanging out with people that are going after spiritual idolatry. Evil companions corrupt good morals, the Bible tells us. So again, all these things tie together. There is a big correlation the way God's word is honored and what we see in our own lives. And, you know, uh, and, and as we're going to go in this deliverance prayer, one praying for the effect that has happened to the hearts of many people, the disillusionment, the results of being hustled, abused and used until giving and sowing is a, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And then there are some of you out there, you desire to do it, but the enemy has jacked you up some kind of way. We want to see God break that. But by asking the Father to help you to release your heart from the effects of those that were charlatans, that did use you. You know, Sheila, the other day someone said, I want you to pray over a bottle of oil, anointing oil. Well, how much I got to give you? I said, nothing. I said, I will pray over you all as an elder. The Bible talks about the elders of church, pray over you all, so on and so forth. I said, but listen, we are not going to start a golden oil thing. <laughs> in other words, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, the Holy Spirit, I believe in prayer clubs. I believe in anointing oil. But I don't believe it, that God's going to have me to set up a hustling thing. Next thing you know, I've got 30,000 pieces of cloth that came off of Jesus' robe, and this oil was squeezed directly from Jerusalem. And you got, <laughs> you know how we, that was yeah, that, yeah. I'm talking about genuinely praying, asking God's anointing and God's grace by faith, by faith to rest upon it. But I'm not going to turn that into an industry. <laughs> I'm not going to turn that into <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? If you're not sowing where you're being fed, I'm going to tell you what. I believe a curse comes at that by not honoring God from your wealth. We've got to put God first. We've got to do stuff for the Lord. It's not man. It's God. But I really think curses can come in. And curses can also come in to things that you have in your home. Deuteronomy 7.26 talks about, Do not bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. It says in the word, Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on the graven image, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared. It's an abomination. So Jeremy Gee had a friend who had this very valuable gold Masonic ring, and she just refused to give it up because she said, this thing is worth so much in gold. Well, that thing comes with a curse too. So, you know, we're not supposed to store up treasures on this earth. I've never seen a U-Haul on the back of a hearse. I've yet to see that one. So where are you storing up your treasure? Well, what, what, what I always say with stuff like this is, who told us the statute of limitation has gone off of these objects? Yes. You know, somebody, well, the Lord says, well, by, by, by 2016, curses has all gone off of them. Nothing said that. And actually, when you're talking about the value of money and submitting to God to release the accursed thing, Acts chapter 19 is a perfect example. Many of them, which use curious arts, brought their books together. And burned them, and they found the price of it, 50,000 pieces of silver. I used to always wonder, why did they have to give the monetary value of how much that bonfire cost? And I believe the reason was it showed the value that the people put in their witchcraft and the value that they got from releasing it. 
because it says directly after that, then mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now watch this. I have found that some people, because of the accursed object, regardless of the cost, can hold on to it and it can affect them spiritually growing, spiritually understanding the word, spiritually being able to walk in the blessings that the word speaks of simply because they value the accursed object above obedience to God. Mm, that's good. That is so good. Well, Brother Ivory, you know what? I'm going to have you start us off with some. We're going to break some of this stuff off, people. And I really believe that Hallelujah. this is going to unblock. If your finances are bound up, folks, well, we're going to start off with the repentance prayer. Anything that came through our bloodline with idolatry, whoredoms, those kind of things. So start us off, brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you first, Lord, thanking you and praising you for the work of the cross. Now, Father, some that are listening to us, Lord God, need to reconnect with you, need to rededicate their purpose and their life to your divine purpose in life. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there's someone is not born again, have not surrendered to you, you can ask him right now to forgive you, to come into your life to come into your heart, and he will do exactly that, and tell him, I repent of my sins, and I welcome you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior into my life. That being said, now by his blood, by his resurrection power, I have the right to take back my possession. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, we touch and agree. We pray against open gates, doors, and portals that the enemy has used to bind finances, to curse resources, or to bind mindsets in our lives that will hinder us from being able to be free enough to release, free enough to give, and free enough to receive. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray against right now and take authority over every stronghold where someone has a desire to be a blessing to the people of God, be a blessing to other people's lives, not just ministries, but even being a blessing in their community, in their region. But the enemy has bound them so that they don't have the resources. You are able to check the heart. In Jesus' name, I command every spirit that has tried to suck up, dry up, trying to hinder every financial flow, every financial blessing, I ask you, Father, to break it. Father God, to break right now wealth gotten by the seat. Any individual out there has owed money but have not paid it back, who have left apartments and never paid the people, you may have even forgotten all about it, put it in the back burner, and today on this broadcast, you recognize that that thing there is still loose. In the name of Jesus, we repent. That's why you tell them I repent of it. I ask you, Father, to close that door and to break the access of the enemy to it in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray right now against right now, spirits right now of destruction, wealth gotten by deceit, wealth gotten by any means that have been illegal, wealth gotten by any means that have been selfish or, or hiding or stealing. We ask you to break those curses by the power of the blood. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over the saints that, that you loose their mindsets, loose from a mindset of just coming from ministry, but not depositing in ministry. Lord God, I command the strong men that come against Father God in Jesus' name. These parachurch ministries, the network ministries, I'm talking about Lord God, radio ministries, ballot ministries that are out there, Father God. Lord God, cell groups, many of them that have come together for the work of the Lord. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name for Father God, the resources, the resources needed to do the radio's broadcast, resources that are needed to publish books, resources that are needed to get the gospel 
tonight resources that are needed to set up conferences. I ask you, Lord God, to stir up, raise up, activate right now in Jesus' name those that have willing hearts, God, that will be able to release. I command demons, demons that have been assigned to stop the people from giving. That's right. They constantly say, I really want to, but I can't. I desire to, but I couldn't. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to break that spirit off of them so that they will go ahead and make it come alive. Father God, you said in your word, hallelujah, faith without works is dead. Being just saying they want to do it, just saying they're praying for us is not enough. Father, we need them to activate and come forward and release. In the name of Jesus, Sheila, I pray. I pray over everything that we are doing, everything that other ministries are doing that is of God, that is based by the word, that is solid truth. I pray right now that every demon that has been hindering the finances, have been hindering resources, have been hindering even favor. I command it to be broken. That's why devils get away from favor. Get away right now from breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Lord God, always getting calls in, but never getting deposits and releases that will help us to continue to do the work. I come against right now in the name of Jesus, every python serpent that's trying to strangle the resources, trying to bind the finances, you go by the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command you to loose them. Father, I also command spirits speaking in the ears of people through false teaching. And Jesus, I command the false prosperity message to fall to the ground. And Lord God, I ask you to let the spirit of truth raise up in the inside of your people. I command right now in Jesus' name, well-intended ministries who talk about Jesus never took nothing, who talk about we don't need to take up no resources. Father God, I ask you in Jesus' name, open up their understanding. They don't realize that they're binding up what God is trying to do. Yes, God is a miracle worker, but he needs our submission. He needs our cooperation to minister through it, Father. In Jesus' name, the harvest is full, but the labors are few. I thank you for putting more labors into the harvest, more resources into the harvest. In Jesus' name, and Father, I honor you. That's right, I praise you right now in Jesus' name, by the grace and the glory of God. Hallelujah. You want to pick it up from there, Sheila? God, I thank you. I bind and break that poverty mindset off God's people now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bind those devils that are blocking our harvest, those freeloader demons. I give you leave in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. I break your power now in Jesus' name. I bind and break defilements in the family line, the whoredoms, idolatry, new age and witchcraft, and sons of disobedience, and general sins that open the door for the poverty and lack spirits. Every generational curse having to do with lack, poverty, slavery on both sides of your family, all the way back to Adam and Eve. I break that in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind those poverty demons, mindsets of poverty, lack, mindsets of slavery, which is idolatry and witchcraft. I come against those hindering, blocking spirits, obstructing spirits. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I give leave to that debt spirit, slave to the borrower, bankruptcy. Anybody who has bankruptcy, I bind that off you. That lack, deprivation, insufficiency. I command you to get out now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those unyielding spirits that goes contrary to God. Every spirit that's perverted God's word in the area of blessing, giving, and receiving, I bind you now and command you to get out of the people now. Spirits of deception, those religious spirits, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus, saying, well, freely we give that whole poverty mindset. I bind you and break your power and command you to get out. Envy, jealousy, mistrust, automatic mistrust, that Mm -hmm. suspicion of all God's ministers. I bind you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I give leave to every familiar spirit that came in 
through the family bloodline that has to do with poverty and lack, cynicism, that discontent, those fears, go. All fears go in the name of Jesus. I give believe to those spirits. The scripture says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And now I call for a release of God's people's wealth. In the name of Jesus, I call for a release of the wealth of the wicked to be brought into the hands of the righteous right now in the name of Jesus. You release the harvest. And it says in Job, the double portion. I am calling in the double portion for every single person that was robbed. I loose the harvesting angels to go gather up and bring every single thing that was stolen and robbed by God's people in the name of Jesus. And I command the floodgates of heaven to be poured out onto God's people in Jesus' name. And Father, I loose your spirit of favor in the area of God's people right now in income, finances, prosperity, true prosperity, not the way it's been twisted. And I bind that spirit that has twisted the prosperity that people don't even want to hear anything about prosperity. I bind that hex and vex and curses and word spoken curses coming against us, that whole word faith movement. Father, we have faith in the word, but not the way it's been twisted. I bind that spirit that that perverted us in the name of Jesus Christ. And right now, Father, we give you thanks. Father, we pray this In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks. Amen and amen. We touch and agree, and we look forward to the testimonies. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to say this to those that are out here listening. Fear not, for your Redeemer is with you. And know that whatever breakthrough, whatever release he does in your life, God is able to establish and keep that which you present unto him. Always remember that whatever little you sow or seed, God reproduces it. God adds by subtracting and he multiplies by dividing. God is always going to make good his word for it is forever settled in heaven. Father, I ask you to continue to bless your people. And Lord God, let this message bring encouragement. Let them hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to his church. For we got great work to do. And the resources will come in. And others will be raised up. And other ministries and lives will be touched. And breakthrough will come to many of you that are listening. Breakthrough will come for you in your personal, private life. And also in the work of the Lord that's in your life. And Father, I ever ask you to continue. We don't have enough solid teachers out here. We don't have enough radio shows. We don't have enough good godly TV that is not based upon Babylon or the system or forms of religion. God, we need the true Holy Ghost, God-anointed word that are healing the sick, casting out devils, reaching the lost, setting free the captive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother Ivory Hopkins, thank you so much for your time and coming on the program. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your deliverance ministry. You're just a powerhouse. And do give out your website on how people can get in touch with you and your ministry, sir. Sheila, it has been, my dear sister, it has been a blessing being on the broadcast with you today. If you want to contact us, you can contact us on our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. Also, our contact number is 302 542 
2047. When you go on our website, you will see a lot of the events. Matter of fact, Sheila, right now I'm running in 2017. Our bookings have gone that deep. Amen. Wow, the amen. Lord should tarry. Amen. So we're you go on our events and you will see areas where we are. This week alone, I'm heading out to Detroit and then right straight from Detroit. Monday, now watch this. Monday, uh, we were called out on a very severe demonic case that is severely demonized. I'm leaving from Detroit, going to Las Vegas. Had it not be for the donations to come in to help us make that trip to that person, we would not been able to do it. When we were called to help this person in Las Vegas, the, I did not have the money. I did not have the resources. Bottom line, it wasn't there. And the Lord ended up touching hearts in order to get the finances to change those tickets. And guess what? That person is going to get help. God is going to bring deliverance to them. But that's the sacrifice we had to make. Ministries like Sheila and myself are doing valid work. People of God, let God speak to you. Let God show you whose lives to sow into. He will do just that. All he needs is a willing heart and a listening ear. Amen. Folks, that was the general himself, Ivory Hopkins. His information is there on today's bio, July 6, 2016. Reach out to him and let him know you heard him on the program today. Such a powerful prayer by a powerhouse. Well, we're continuing on with our fundraiser, hoping to raise that goal of $10,000. We've raised a little over a third of the goal. So I am encouraging people, please do, if you haven't already, donate to the fundraiser. And those who did donate, thank you very much for doing that. I have faith that we're going to reach that goal. So stay tuned at weekendvigilante.com for updates. Thank you for tuning in to this, what I think was a very timely and important topic today. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Good night and God bless.